Oh, we have to have a you know com- compulsory intro. <laughs> compulsory. All right then. Well, All right, cool. Well, welcome to the podcast. Ah, oh, look, look at you stealing my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do it? Go on, you do it then. I'm gonna All step right. back. Hi, <laughs> cool. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, and welcome to the Drain Daz podcast. My wow, name is Daz. Why wow, you sound like Anton Deck, bro? That was a professional <laughs> intro. Jesus Christ. Just wow. in case people don't know who we are, in it. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> so, my name's Daz. My name's Dre. And today we'll be doing a uh, another podcast. I don't know what the topic is today. Another I'll, one. I leave that to Dre. Just another one. <laughs> the topic is today anything, really. Anything. anything. But mainly about football. Mainly about. So, this is going to be a footballing podcast that touches on anything different else. things here. So forgive us if we start going on tangents, you know. Mm-hmm. I think last week we started talking about the royal family and uh, we got a bit of feedback on that one. <laughs> <laughs> got a nice uh, political lesson on that for one of you our know, viewers. You know on your audio, yeah? Sidetrack, sorry yeah. viewers. Is your voice repeating <laughs> yourself? No, but if yours is, then that might be a sign of needing new software or hardware. <laughs> so is that an issue? Because... Wait, so when I talk like, like this, sometimes I can hear myself. You can hear yourself. Only on every other word, but fuck it. We're, we're, we're in anyway. Just... We're in, we're in. We're in. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know what? I think the first, the first place to start, yeah, we're going to touch on the Premier League and all that. Obviously, there was a lot of big results, but you know what? Let's start with um, England playing yesterday. Okay. Did you watch that game? I didn't watch it. Um, I How saw you going to talk about a game you never saw? Nah. I saw the nah, highlights. Nah. You got to be casual. <laughs> <laughs> man, man saw some match of the day highlights and wouldn't talk about it. Nah, guy. I saw the highlights, fam. <laughs> I, tre- I, I but, tell you what. But the most, the most important thing is he played Grealish. That's true. That's true. I remember that's the most important before the game thing. started. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. the game started, I was wondering if he was going to start him. He had to play. Yeah, the guy's been phenomenal. Like bro, in the he, Premier League, bro, he twined crazy. up holding on the side. Oh no, that was Barkley. But still, he twined up the whole Arsenal defense, fam. He got a start, and he's been doing it consistently. It's true. It's true. You know what? I yeah. find like, go on, um, go on. What are you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say like players like that. They excite me because they're so dynamic. Exciting, they want to get on. Bro. Exactly, they want to get on the ball. Whether they're having a good game or not, they demand the ball. They want to run yep. at players. They want to create bro. something. I'm telling you right now, yeah, I think for me, he is, um, I don't want to say one of the best, but he's definitely one of the better CAMs in the world right now, 100%. Because the thing is, right now, um, in the world of football, we're not blessed with loads of amazing um, CAMs, yeah? Mm. Grealish is definitely one of the better ones, and I would definitely, I wouldn't mind an argument of him being top 10. I wouldn't mind that. See, the thing is, I feel like uh, in recent times, the role of like CAMs or CAMs is starting to like diminish because teams don't tend to like having an out-and-out number 10 in their team. But mm. I do see what you mean in the sense of he's like, he reminds me a little bit of Coutinho, you know, very creative midfielder, but when he's playing on the left, he has the freedom to come in. To kind Coutinho of was a bad boy, though. Coutinho was a he, bad boy. He was at Liverpool. Underrated, underrated. <laughs> until he almost well, until he left, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 now nah, he is he he is underrated. Obviously, he's done things that to is. piss people off, so he's always gonna get hate. But fantastic player. Yeah. But focusing on Grealish. Yeah. But yeah, Grealish. Sorry, yeah, back on Grealish. So I don't see him operating in a number, a typical number ten role. But sort of everywhere. Playing, yeah, with him being on the left and having the freedom to cut in and to kind of wander off. It allows him to be very expressive, you know. Yeah. And allows him to kind of get you know what? Play. With a team like Aston Villa as well, when you have a clear best player in a team that's not full of world-class players, usually they just give you the license to do near enough what you want anyway. And I think he fits really well in a team like that where they're just like, you do this, you do this, you need to do that. But Grealish, you do anything, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's literally yeah. it. Literally and I think it. he f- he thrives off that trust from the manager to feel free to do what he wants. Because 
I was actually, I, I think I, I saw most of the game yesterday. Mm. And, you know, I was looking at what he does when he gets onto the ball. Um, there was a few times where he lost possession. But I love the fact that even when he did lose the ball, he, he didn't let back. it get to him. He got it back afterwards. I think Question. he set up Sancho for one of the goals. Question, yeah. yeah. Was Barkley in that England team? Oh, was this some test to see if <laughs> I was actually watching the game? I don't think, I don't because, think he was. Well, he might bro, have been playing, but nah, he should have been in that team. How how good a signing was Barkley for Aston Villa? He was key for them. He was key. very key. The way they're linking up, oh my god! Mm. So, oh, sorry. Breaking news: as of recording at this all. <laughs> Premier Premier League scraps pay per view with BBC and Amazon Prime to show matches. Oh, bro, you're gonna Came laugh your eight head off. Ago. No. Came out eight minutes ago. Eight minutes ago. I'm gonna tell you something funny, man. You're gonna laugh your head off. Basically, yeah. God, I got so shook. So basically, I saw that they was gonna cut off the pay per view last week, yeah. And then the yeah. last game they had was Aston Villa and Arsenal. So, <laughs> bro, I weren't even gonna watch the pay per view. I literally went on. I literally went onto Sky and it said type mm. in your type in your code because I thought if you typed in the code you could see how much it is. So I typed yeah. in the code and then and then I came out and then and then I, I got some message saying, um, even though you've come out, the payment has still gone through. Oh my god, bro! Man, You're one of them shake, guys. Man, You're one of me. them people that pay bro, for them. <laughs> I paid fourteen fifty to see Arsenal get rinsed. That, that is, you know what? That is almost fifteen pounds well spent. I can't lie. Like that was a great. Game. I saw fifteen, bro. I spent fifteen pounds on Barkley and Grealish clapping Arsenal's cheeks, bro. That's what I saw. <laughs> I saw. I saw Holden doing karate kid moves. He was holding a left, right, and center, man. On the <laughs> end of the penalty box. What? Watkins? <laughs> Watkins? Nah, that that was a. That was a fun before, game to watch. Do you know what? Before, before we get into how bad Arsenal were, I do want to talk about how good Aston Villa are looking just a little bit more. Because yeah, go on, go on. I think they've been fantastic. And the way they were countering, because the thing is, yeah, the, the way Arteta played, when you look at football as like chess, yeah, mm. the way Arteta came in was like, we're going to sit back and then that was sort of a cue for Aston Villa to say, okay, cool. Arsenal, I've been countering teams. They just beat Man United. We need to sit, sit back. And then it was really going to be a game of who's going to take that risk. But Aston Villa came and said, no, nah, bro, fuck you, man. We're going to mm. come at your neck. And they was doing that the whole, from the minute, from, literally from the first 45 seconds, they scored. Which, which I'll ask you about that as well, if you thought that goal should have been disallowed. But I think Aston Villa are really looking like a top 10 team. You know what? I can't lie. Um, the, way, the way they're attacking, the way they're attacking. They've, they've beat know, Arsenal, Arsenal and Liverpool by battering them. Not even by one news. I think what, what's key here as well is that this lack of fans thing in the stadium yes. is allowing teams to play the freedom to get at them. Because you know what? No matter how big or small you think a team is, when that whistle goes, like, it's, it's only 11 men versus 11 other men. You look at them and you think, you know what, as long as I win every battle against my guy, as long as I do my job and what mm -hmm. I'm meant to do in my team, there's always a chance that we can win. Which is why now you're seeing a lot more freak results. You know, Arsenal, well, maybe Arsenal lose a 3 nil to Aston Villa's result. <laughs> but <laughs> you're seeing like seven threes, you're seeing six ones, you know, big up Tottenham. But um, <laughs> you see that... <laughs> If you're going to bring up the 7-2, you have to bring up the 6-1. Yeah, there's been a lot of results. Lot yeah, of but results. you're seeing a lot of results that is kind of surprising a lot of people. Freakish, like, isn't it? Me. Yeah. Be because, freakish. yeah, do you know what? I think even with Arsenal as well and a couple other teams, having no fans has helped. Um, mm. like, especially when I was watching that Arsenal and Man United game, I think if there was fans, Man United would have peppered us on the goal a lot more. I'm not sure if it would have changed the... Uh, um, the result, but I think there would have been a lot more pressure. I think when you watch the Liverpool and City game, I think it wouldn't have been as classy and tactical in a way. You can see that you can see they had a lot of respect for each other. But when you have fans there, 
screaming like go forward what are you doing and like when you're passing the ball back they're on they're, they're on your back it's a very different atmosphere do you know what i mean it's very very different even the decisions from the referees would be affected do you know what i mean mm. but you know um quickly back to the point before we forget um mm-hmm. are you actually happy that the premier league is going back to its original way of like airing the games from september yeah, of course. So they can't shake me of this fourteen fifty, bro. Because <laughs> you know that what, is. Big, big up the fans that instead of paying for the fourteen pound ninety five, unlike you, I'm joking. I'm joking. They they started like giving things to like charity and food banks and stuff as like a protest against spending it. And your you audio know. has gone weird, by the way. Oh, has it? Yeah, it's like a glitching. I don't know if it uh, came through on the actual audio, but it glitched a bit. Uh, am I clear for you now? Yeah. Are you hearing this weird, like, every couple of minutes? Nah, I'm not sure. Nah, it's, just, it's just on my laptop then. I think it's the WhatsApp message coming through. But yeah, go on, carry on. Yeah, right, cool. All right. Well, if I'm clear. So, sorry, fans. <laughs> Little technical issues. But yeah, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, big up the fans that, you know, spent their money on different projects to help their communities. Um, I know they did some in Manchester. They did some in Liverpool. Uh, I think in Newcastle as well. What, so from the money that the Premier League took, they... No, so a lot of fans got together and instead of paying like the £14.95 to watch the games, they used that money and all put it towards like a charity. Yeah, do man. Let me read a quick quote from the BBC website. It led to significant protests among fan groups and yeah, more than 100%. three yeah, three hundred thousand has been raised for charity by fans boycotting pay-per-view games after top flight clubs voted nineteen to one in favour of the interim solution. Yeah, and I think Leicester was yeah, Leicester was the only team that didn't vote for it, I believe. What so Leicester so, wanted to keep it? No, no, no. So when the teams kind of voted to have the pay-per-view system. Leicester was the only club that said that they didn't want it. Okay. Yeah. But they're they're reversing that decision now. So yeah, pay-per-view's dead, man. Like for me, I don't even care if it's um because like I, I know their reasoning was like, oh, we're only showing the games that wouldn't usually be shown and that bro, if you're making it 1450, if that was five pounds, I I generally wouldn't even complain. Like if you're if if you're saying it's a game that wouldn't be aired, fair enough. Five pound is not a mad thing like that. Like, mm-hmm. like, let's say if a couple of men are chilling and you're like, oh, do you want to chip in like one pound each? But fourteen fifty, bro, you're acting like watching a boxing game, like where it's like Anthony Joshua or something with all the fights on there. And what makes it even worse is that because people can't go around to other people's houses right now. Bro, exactly. Pre- yeah, you can't even everyone chip in one pound, two pound. It's like each person has to pay fourteen pound ninety five. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But, no, it's a good move that they did to take that off. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But um, to finish what we're saying about England, um, mm. could you watch the game? I'll let you do a little bit of a review on that. I didn't actually watch it. so We're just watching the game, I guess. Uh, Harry Maguire got his goal. Um, Sancho got his goal. And I forgot who got the last one, if you remember. I think it was Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin, that, there you go. Just watching it, I think from the beginning, you just I just felt like it was going to be a 3-0 match. Um, England versus the Northern Ireland. Uh, no respect to Northern Ireland, you know, but you can't expect an England win. And it was kind of just a mundane result for England, if I'm being perfectly honest. Do you know what, though? I don't think England were tested that, that much. Mm. So with international football, yeah, um, mm. Do you feel like it should even be happening? Personally, I think that this time should be given for players to recuperate because of the mm. intensities. I understand that there's a few qualifiers that needs to happen in order for certain international competitions to happen down the line. But it's like England were meant to have a game that got postponed or like taken off. So they played Northern Ireland just as a friendly. Like... It, they could have had this opportunity to just train or to like take it easy, and uh, got unfortunate news that Joe Gomez got injured. Yeah, it's amazing. Even yeah, Nathan Ake. Yeah, even Nathan Ake. So it's 
these football players need to be taken care of and given a rest. And I know that oh, they get paid however many thousands of pounds a week to play football, so they should just play. But if you want to receive the highest quality of football, then you have to protect them to a degree so that they don't fatigue too much or they don't end up getting injured. So you don't mm. even end up watching them play anyway. Like we're going to see the rest of the season without watching Van Dijk or Joe Gomez play or oh, that's such you know, a shame. Aguero is being out for like most of the beginning of the season. You know, these are great players that you want to perform, whether you support these teams or not. Do I? Unless they're playing against us, <laughs> in which case. Do you know what, yeah? One of the saddest things about the season. Yeah. City are losing players. Liverpool are losing players. Arsenal lost players and having another shit season. Man U shit season. But Tottenham are just fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, fuck you. Personally, I'm just saying that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> nah, fuck that. You know? The thing is, with, I feel like there's always going to be an element of rivalry with me. But at the end of the day, if a team's playing well or if they're improving, you kind of try to take your lens off and just appreciate what you're seeing. Like, I actually want to see Harry Kane. Like, the, the numbers he's putting up in goals and assists is crazy. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. I think he could win player of the year. Yeah, like, if we, if we take, like, obviously the bias out of it, I think if Tottenham played well, like, of course, like, you want the best team to win the league, do you know what I mean? And, like, I fully mm. respect that right now. They have a really good team. They have a really good manager. I thought that the past couple of years, Mourinho was getting wrongly disrespected. I think criticism is fine, but saying a manager shit manager is not the one. Do you know what I mean? And mm. Harry Kane's really showing what he's made of. I think Son's turning up as well. I think Gareth Bell will turn out to be a very crucial signing for them. The defence is solid. You know what mm. I mean? It's looking good for them, and some could argue they're looking like the favourites. I, I don't know about favourites yet. Um, but you know what? It, it wouldn't surprise me that with everyone getting injuries, if they... Exactly. I, th- I think they'll put in an honest shout for the title this season. The thing is, I think um, the Premier League isn't this weekend, is it? It's the one after. One after. Yeah, so that weekend will be very crucial because it's Tottenham versus Man City. Mm. So that's going to be will. a big weekend that's, for them. It's going to be a big game. Yeah, um, because you're gonna be watching that one. Yeah, I will. I will, and I think it like the reason it'll be a big game is because I don't know. Like, I didn't. I don't know who's gonna take this one because I thought the Liverpool and City game would give them a bit more a clear indication of who of who really wanted it like that. And I didn't. Mm. I didn't see it from either of you, but I I think that was two really good teams can't like canceling each other out. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. from, from City, the way they played, I can't see them ripping teams apart the whole season. Um, I can see maybe Liverpool can see them more goals than they would do. But and then Allison's going to do a lot in that regard. I really don't know what's, which way it's going to go. Whereas with, with Tottenham, they haven't had a significant injury like that. Yeah. Well, this is kind of what you want to see. It's like um, with the top teams or... Small competitive. Yeah, they've been dominating for the past couple of years. It's going to be nice to see a, a more open title challenge. And especially mm. with all the games coming in, even teams like Aston Villa and Southampton and, and ugh, even Everton, Leicester. Um, nah, Everton are full you can, they, they won't win the league, or some of them may, may not be able to win the league, but they'll be able to get significantly more points than what they'll do in a normal season. Do you so know what it might doing? just shake up the top six or the top four. But with Tottenham, yeah, I still feel like they have that... Um, do you know what Tottenham sort of remind me of, yeah? They remind mm. me of Arsenal back in 2011, like from 2008 to 2011, where the team's there, the team's ready to win, but there's something with the mentality which is, is their one step off. The only reason I feel like they're a step better than that team I'm talking about is because they have... Mourinho, I think they have a bit more grit. But I don't know. I just can't see them getting over that line. I just can't see it. Like, I wouldn't no, be surprised if I did. Until they actually do it, yeah. Yeah, but like, when you watch that Liverpool team, yeah. So with Liverpool last year, we never actually had to see 
Liverpool get to the nitty gritty of the season and grind results out. We like we never had to see that from you guys. You just won it months before. It was way ahead. The pressure was off. But the season before, when we saw it, City caught you. Do you know what I mean? But I think this year, Tottenham aren't going. Tottenham aren't as good as Liverpool, where they have that like that team where everyone's smacking everyone and then it's over by Christmas. It's not like that. Someone's going to have to drag it out in the last bit of the season. That's why I think City are still in there because out of the teams in there, yeah, City are the the ones that have shown me that can do that. Liverpool haven't actually shown me they can do that. I just think because... No, Liverpool showed... Yeah. Like, like for me, I just think because you've won it, it's taken a lot of pressure off. So now you're going to be able to grind them games out a lot better because... Now, there's not that thing of first Premier League in 30 years. Da, 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 da. Like, if you lost this season, it's nowhere near a disaster. Do you know what I mean? It's true, but there's going to be a lot of pressure now because we've set our own bar. You know, winning the Champions League and then winning the Premier League. Everyone's expecting to see one of those trophies in Liverpool's cabinet at the end of this season. And granted, if we don't win it <clears throat> due to certain circumstances, people will be like, oh, I understand. They lost Van Dijk. Or... Right now, I think currently... We have Trent, Van Dijk, and Gomez out with Matip being a bit, you know, iffy as to whether he's fully fit or not. You know, mm. all I'm thinking is Robertson's probably looking at the like looking at them shaking his boots. Yeah, literally. Next, like, <laughs> so I don't know. There'll be a lot of maybe excuses from some Liverpool fans on that side, but I still feel like Liverpool's good enough to challenge. But um, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. But but you're right in the sense of yeah, there's going to be a lot of other. Like, City's never going to be out. I think they've got a game in hand. If they win their game in hand, they're only, what, three, four points behind yeah. first place. Do you know what? With um, City as well, yeah, I wanted to say this because I think people are putting a lot of disrespect on Pep's name. And people are forgetting a really crucial thing to, with, with Pep at the moment. I don't want to let Pep off, but people need to remember that. With Pep, literally, I would say, what is it, three months ago... Um, his mum passed away in that whole coronavirus thing. That is true. Do you know what I mean? And I think I, I think that plays a big effect on someone in regards to the their mentality of where they're at in the game. Because I saw a lot of people getting on his back where I think he said about two weeks ago, he said, if England's going into lockdown, football shouldn't be in a shouldn't be a like exception. And people are like, oh, that's him because he knows he's gonna get smacked or whatever, but like do you know what I mean? There's a lot of factors in it. And I think I wouldn't argue with someone if they said Pep's still the best manager in the Prem. I would say Klopp, but I wouldn't argue with you. If, like, if he said that, I think there's a lot of respect that still needs to be put on his name. And there's too much disrespect. Uh, I do agree with you, to be fair. I think when it comes to asking who the best manager in the world is, there's so many different things to look at. You mm. have to look at, for, I guess... Trophies is the currency of success in football. So I guess the first thing you would look at is success and what trophies they have. And out of that, Pep, there's not many that has more than Pep. Yeah. Pep has a very, very decorated career. And there's not, you know, if you're going to base it on that, then he is probably one of the best managers in the world. If you want to take it into, okay, how good is a manager completing the tasks that their club sets them out to do? So... Maybe winning the league with City might be an easier job than staying up from being relegated if you worked at Fulham or Aston Villa. Do you know what I mean? So it, it kind of depends on what the responsibilities of the managers are in order to yeah. judge whether they're good or not, if that makes sense. Do you know what? With, I feel like with City now, yeah, City, when Pep came in, he had a big job where he had to convince these players that they were the best team in the world if they wanted to make that step. Because I think football is a lot about, um, like, it's very psychological and how you think of yourself and how you think of your team. And City were, like, when City were winning leagues, that like, before Pep, they wasn't winning them by big margins. They were just getting there. Like, mm. in, like in 2012, they won it on goal difference, I think. And then in 2014, that was Liverpool's year and City just picked it. Do you know what I mean? But when mm. Pep came in, that's when they started winning it by a clear distance. But even in that first year, they came third and people were like, Pep's falling off. Duh, 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 duh. So he had to make this team 
believe that. No, you're one of the best teams in the world right now. And then when they got to being one of the best teams in the world, arguably, like, arguably one of them, but they didn't want to see it now, like through through that whole stage, they sort of got used to being the bully a little bit, where they was like, "We're the best team," da 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 da, and now their confidence has been knocked a bit because like Liverpool have bullied them in some aspects. Like in regards to last season, they won by a clear distance. It's very embarrassing for them. They're being questioned a lot. Do you know what I mean? Um, now he has a task of really building up this team again to say, "Look, we need to go toe to toe with these guys." Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sure City are looking at it and saying, are we a better team than Liverpool? I think Van Dijk being, being injured plays a big part in regards to their confidence. But I'm sure City like, were, looking at, were looking at Liverpool when they had a full team and were saying, how are we actually going to like, do that? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, it's, it's, it's funny because um, I, I saw the City-Liverpool game the other day and I thought this would have been the best opportunity for, for City to stamp their mark. On yes. Liverpool, so we're changing. Van Dyke being out, um, I know they'll miss Aguero as well. That's a big thing, really, you know. That's I really felt thing. like they could have taken it to him. Yeah, hundred percent. Van Van Dyke weren't even in the team, bro. And that's something that I hadn't seen. Well, Van Dyke being missing from the squad is something that's very weird for Liverpool fans because since we've got him, he's been in every single Premier League game for mm-hmm. Liverpool since he arrived. So, like, with him being gone, it's kind of weird. I think what you'll see from Liverpool throughout this season is the midfield is going to defend the back line, like, even more than ever. And I, I think with Thiago coming in, hopefully he's fit. But I feel like we're going to have to learn how to control the game a lot more. I actually forgot about just... Thiago, you know. Liverpool have such a sick team, fam. I'm so jealous of yeah. Thiago You should as well. check out um, oh Ox's video God. on YouTube. I think it's on Soccer AM. And, like... I think someone asked him who's the baller at Liverpool. And he, he was just, he was lost. I think he said that for stats, you have to go to Mo Salah straight up. Mm. Uh, Thiago, especially in Rondon's, and the technical ability he has is just, it's just unrivaled by anyone. Bro, do you know what? Yeah. I think you know when, for me, no. Oh. Yeah, fam. Do you, do you know in them Liverpool training sessions, could you imagine how intense they are? <laughs> Quite. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, this is what I'm saying here. When I look at City's team, I do not want to hear that Gabriel is the main guy with um, Gabriel Jesus. I know City mm. fans are probably going to listen to this and say, oh, well, they had Van Dijk, but, but like, um, we didn't have Aguero. And da, 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 da. Bro, Aguero is, what, 33 now? Yeah, but he's still, like, one of the best attackers in our generation of football. Yeah. So you have to give respect on that aspect. Yeah, he is. But talking about now, yeah, is he still that guy? I think he is. No, 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 no. If he stayed fit, you'll still put the numbers up, I think. No, but he would still put the numbers up, yeah? But is he that guy to take City past Liverpool with a full-strength team? And, like, this is the thing, yeah, with City. I think because of how good Liverpool have gotten and signing Thiago, even though it was, what, like 30 mil? That was... Uh, 20, 20. Yeah, bro. That was a £70 million pound signing. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? And mm. City got... Um, is it Diaz in centre-back? Oh, Diaz. Yeah. Diaz, yeah, 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 yeah. For me, that isn't enough. And I think if they was... Like, if they're going to win it this year, Kevin mm. De Bruyne has to do a madness. What, like what you did last season? 20 assists. Bro, he has to do a mat like for me, he has to say, I am the best player in, in, in this league, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you lot. I'm gonna dominate every team. He has to be that guy more than he has been. Well, I that is something that I would like to see, but as long as he does what he did against Liverpool all the time. Yeah, miss a penalty. <laughs> yeah, he ha- that was has a to be that guy. Fair. It was, yeah, he does have to be that guy. That was a poor penalty. He, he has to be that guy. Sterling has to turn up more. These are all fantastic players. They definitely can do it. But I think to conclude my point, I think City, it's difficult because Gabriel Jesus is so young, but I do think they need a top-class striker, another one. Because for me, I think strikers that are really about it are mm. always about it. Like, 
throughout their career, even in their early stages, if they're a bit flimsy and that, they're like they're just lethal, and you can always see that. And I think with with Gabriel Jesus, he's not like he's not a stone cold killer like that. He's not lethal. Do you know what I mean? Aguero is lethal, and I think I just think they need something else to put them over the edge because Salah and Mane are two Kevin De Bruyne's in the same team. Do you know what I mean? Ineffectiveness for their squad then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. like I don't mean they're exactly the same as Kevin De Bruyne, but I mean, if you're going to make... The squad, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're going to say who's the top 10 players in the world, Mane, Salah and De Bruyne are all in there. And then you have Van Dijk as well. It's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, they just need a bit more. But, yeah, we've been talking about City and Liverpool for time. Let's, let's move on from this topic. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Um, All right. We did actually talk, start, start talking about Arsenal, to be fair, before. We and I think, I, I think that's probably the most shocking one of the weekend. Probably was. Was there any other shocking results, I guess? Not really. I've, I think the reason it was more shocking is because they beat Man U the... Week or four, and there was a lot of higher expectation. Yeah, I guess. Going into that game. I know, um, just to read off the results, uh, Spurs beat West Brom 1-0, Leicester beat yeah. Wolves 1-0. There was the 1-1 draw, Aston Villa. United um, beat Everton 3-1. That was, you know, Bruno had a decent game in that one. I'm very happy with that game. <laughs> I bet you are, me too. Actually, o- Ollie's at I don't the know Oli's at the wall. And keep him there. Let's keep him there, you know, get strapped him in. There. You know, lock the doors. Lock He's going to be doors. Out for quite some time. Do you know what? Man United is back. Yeah, give him a new contract. Give him a new Five contract. Years. Put the contract down. <laughs> let him write anything he wants to write on there. Exactly. There's bears on that, on that check. Uh, Crystal Palace on 4-1. That was, uh, I think, Eze. Eze? He had a brilliant game, apparently. Scored a decent free kick. Um, Chelsea 4-1. You know what, Timo Werner? You know what, Chelsea's whole attack is starting to slowly click. And yeah, that's Ziyech, a big result. That's I told you result. about Ziyech. Yeah, that's He's, a big result. Once Chelsea starts clicking, you're going to see him get results after results. And, and Thiago Silva is making a difference. He is. I think he scored as well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they're, they're going to be the dark horses of this league. And I nah. think they're gonna put in a no, nah, they're gonna put in a good challenge. But the like, thing is, yeah, the thing is, I wouldn't say they're dark horses. It's because Chelsea should be competing for the league. They signed Havertz, Werner, Zayech, Thiago Silva. If you're not competing for the for the league, your manager's a joke, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like true, it's true. bro, it's like no one can come and tell me, yeah, if Chelsea finish full for third, they're like, Wow, what a season. Bro, you you did that last year. You did that last year. You need to finish higher than fourth. Yeah, you need to start building upon that. Once you get to a certain level, your your next aims are to okay, what like deficiencies do we have in our squad? Address that, address that, address that. Yeah. Push on. Now Chelsea are probably gonna wanna get top four again, maybe challenge, but definitely win something. They need to be say. challenging. Do you know what? Yeah, I actually find it funny when people say Chelsea needs to get top four. Bro, you was aiming for top four last year and you had Kepper in goal. <laughs> well, they've got Mendy I mean? now, though, isn't it? This is what name. I'm saying, bro. They, they have, yeah, maybe not as good a team as City or Liverpool, but they need to be pushing for that. And I do you know what? Yeah? Attack as good as those teams. On exactly. Paper. And the thing is, yeah, if we had Frank Lampard sitting in the room right now, I guarantee he would say the same thing. Hmm. Well, to be fair, I, I do think Frank Lampard wants to be challenging for these titles. I don't think him as a manager is going to shy away. I think he had an interview and he says, you know, he doesn't go into the job just wanting to get top four. He's always going to be aspiring yeah, to... you've got to aim for higher. The best. And because he was such a successful player himself, you know, a player who's won the Champions League, Premier League, FA Cups, League Cups, he's not going to want any less for the players that he's managing over at mm. Chelsea Football Club. Do you know what, yeah? I think... For me, Chelsea, oh shit, yeah, Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool, City, and Tottenham have no excuse but to go for the title. The only reason I wouldn't say Arsenal 
Wait, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Yeah, yeah. So, so the only reason I wouldn't say Arsenal is because Arsenal didn't get all their targets that they wanted. Um, but if someone says Arsenal, I don't mind that. If someone's going to say, oh, but you got Thomas Party, fine. We're trash at the moment. I get that. <laughs> but all of them five teams, to me, have no excuse saying, we just need to get top four. You've been getting top four. How many times have Tottenham got top four? Man, you got come third last season. Well, I, think, I think with those things, United's going to be aiming for top four. I think Tottenham is just going to be aiming but why? for any trophy. No, but top, why? Tottenham's going to be aiming for any trophy. No, 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 no. one thing they haven't got. But on this Man United thing, this is what I'm yeah. not understanding. Why are people saying that Man United need to go for top four when they've signed... Van der Beek, who else, who else did they sign in the summer? I think that's it in the summer. Oh, no, they got Tellers and um, they got one other person. Yeah, yeah they, got, they, they got Cavani. So, United fans are like screaming right, right. at their screens so, right now. So the thing is, yeah, when we look at that... Oh, they got Cavani. Yeah, Cavani. Cavani, yeah. So when we look at that Man United team, we have David De Gea. About three years ago, people were saying he was the best keeper in the world. We have Harry Maguire, yeah? Who they paid, what, 80 million for? Uh, yeah. yeah, if you ask a lot of United fans about Harry Maguire, though, I don't we think have, they would. But, all right, with their defence, fine. But when you even look at the right-back, um, what's that man's name again? Um, Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka, how much they paid for him. They have Van Der Beek, Paul Pogba, Fernandez, Martial, Rashford, Cavani now. There is no way you man should firstly be where you are. And I don't want to hear any excuses of, oh, we're just going to go for top four again. You finished third year last year with a weaker squad than you have now. There's only one person to look at, and you know exactly who that is. <laughs> it is very true. One person. Well, I don't know. With, with United, they just seem to fluctuate where it comes to how good or. They look they so are. dysfunctional. I think. I think, like, the biggest problem with Man U, yeah, they, mm. they look like a team where, let's say you're playing FIFA, yeah, you're playing a 4-4-2, and you have two players in the midfield, but you have 90 million, and then you go out and sign five world-class midfielders. They just don't fit into that team. Mm. It's not no, a well-rounded that. team. It's not a well-rounded team. It's like with Fernandez, Pogba, and Van der Beek. Van der Beek and Fernandez can't play in the same team. Only one of them can play. Pogba, you can move him around to play around other things. I think, I think quality players learn how to adapt with each other. But I do agree with you in the sense of when you're creating a team, you need to create a balanced team. You can't just throw out a bunch of players yeah. all attacking-minded and be like, okay, work. I feel like whether or not you think or people think that Matic is good enough right now, you, I feel like his role or his style of play is needing that squad to have one yeah. that's very protective of that back line with kind of two number eights. Pogba is very good at carrying the ball. I, I, Hello? Girl. His day, he's good at doing practically anything a midfielder would ever need to do. Yeah, yeah can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, your audio yeah. cut off like two seconds. Oh, sorry. It's like you need, like Paul Pogba, he's able to do anything that any midfielder can do in the world. Can't even to carry the ball to pass it. And you have yeah. Bruno Fernandez, who's very creative, and is able to unlock the fences and to get a couple goals himself. So I feel like with that balance, it's very important. And with them buying Van, is it Van der Beek? Van der Beek, yeah, yeah. He's. I think they bought him to just have him as an actual substitute, so that when panic. something's not working, panic I wouldn't right. say panic. <laughs> panic right. It's just you. You need quality on your bench. Planet Essentially, find it by is then you know, do you know what? Yeah, I would say for me, when I look at that Man United team, the team I would play is De Gea in goal, um, Wamba Saka right back, Maguire and Lindelof. I'll play Tellez left back, and then I'll play two CDMs. I'll play Matic and Fred. And then the thing is, in that CAM role, you have to choose out Pogba, Fernandez, and Van der Beek, I would choose Fernandez, and then you need to let them three lethal strikers just go. Rashford, um, Martial, and Greenwood, and you need to let them just go. They're too good to just be on the bench, and Greenwood's good enough now to play for that team. 
But the thing is, this is oh, where you don't it gets put too much pressure on the young kid to have it's, to perform week in week out. It's true. It's true. Um, but then you just have to rotate. But I think the difficult thing now is because people like to look what's happening on the pitch and say, we lost because we're crap. There is a lot more elements to football and the football team than just what's happening on the pitch. Now you need to look at if there was to play that team, which for me is a well-rounded team now, now you need to handle Pogba being up, being upset and telling, let's say, um, what's his name, like Rashford or Wambasaka, oh, my man Tommy's going to play me and da 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 And now their loyalties to him and they're like, oh, yeah, Oli's a bit da 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 Now you have to deal with a dysfunctional dressing room. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's why it's so difficult because people are like, why, like, why are you playing with all these players? It's very hard to control all of these egos. People have seen it for PSG for years where you, where you have all of these good players, but the manager needs to handle all of these egos. It's a very difficult task. Hmm. No, I hear that, I hear that. Very difficult task. But, but like, that's why managers like Klopp, especially, are so good because they more or less just have workers. Actually, he doesn't really... Klopp doesn't really have egotistical players like that, do you think? He more, he more has I feel, workers. <clears throat> I feel like there's... You're gonna, in your squad, you need some players that are motivated to kind of get goals. You know, sometimes you need players that are, to a degree, quite selfish in the sense of... Salah. That drive to, <laughs> Salah. That drive to want to be the best, to want to get goals. But it's about keeping the balance between having like your personal kind of goals and selfishness and having that want for your team to do well. And I feel like in Liverpool, we don't suffer with a player who's too egotistical. Yeah, there's no one, there's everyone, no one in that Everyone team. works together. Because, yeah, that's, that's what I think we have. Yeah, there isn't like there isn't there isn't anyone that team where I would say would say yeah I'm the best. That's it. Pass me the ball. But we're gonna come with Liverpool because I can imagine people are just getting pissed. I talking about Liverpool. But um, yeah. I guess to finish off kind of this football segment of the podcast, mm-hmm. I guess what what is kind of like your thoughts on the season so far? Now that we're entering into this international break, kind of like your closing thoughts on it. Um, I think. I think the Premier League's back. I think, like, in regards to, you know, when we got, like, do you know when we left the, like, let's say 2013 when Ferguson left? We lost that real boss team where a team would just dominate the league and that's it. Or there will be two, three teams going for it and that's it. And then we went through, like, six years of just anyone can get it. Do you know what I mean? Anyone can win it. And then we went through a couple of years again of just City and Liverpool, uh, Chelsea won it twice um, but now we're in we're back in a thing of not anyone can get it as much as there like, I don't think a team like that Leicester team back there could mm. now just go on because City you've got teams like City and Liverpool that are as good as anyone in the world but I think it's just more open than it's been because the past two seasons unless you're a Liverpool or City fan have been a bit boring do you know yeah, what I mean? I like, you just got to sit and watch. Yeah, Liverpool have won it, and it's November. Yay. Do but, you know what I mean? But <laughs> now, with, now with everything happened, you feel like the Premier League has just opened up a bit more. Open, For man. there to be a bit more, you know, uncertainty to the outcomes of certain games and yeah. results. But, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm happy with the way football is. But I think it's going to be very interesting when fans come back in to see who was benefiting often having no fans. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. Yeah. Well, with international break coming up, are you going to be watching the international games or are you just going to have a break from that and focus on different things? Fuck no. <laughs> Bro, like, do you know what? Yeah, with international football, I find it so boring. So boring. Like, if I was watching the World Cup or the Euros or as a crucial qualifying game, cool, but nah, international football is dead, man. Mm. So what, what would you be doing in the next two weeks then? Next two weeks. Mm. What apart what from shows like, am I watching? Yeah. Or if if you'll be watching shows and stuff. Um so I've been watching and I've seen this about three well about ten times the series. I've been watching Avatar a lot. In this yeah, um the animated show. Yeah, The Last Airbender. Amazing show. Amazing show. I would recommend anyone to go watch it. I would say, yeah, <clears throat> from a series. Even though it's an animated show, I've never seen such a 
perfect story where it starts off mm. um, and like it starts off and says, this is what the show is. This is what we're going to do. And every episode teaches you a lesson about different characters, their story, why Ang needs to go there, why Zuko's life chasing lessons. him. Yeah, life mm. lessons in every episode is telling you something different. And like there isn't one episode where you can go back and say, oh, this is why, this is, so this is why he, it's like, there's one bit. And I think constantly evolving story. Yeah, constantly evolving storyline. And you can tell it's been really well written really well written it wasn't rushed at all you can tell it's years to make like there was one bit in the episode yesterday that i watched where have you seen avatar have you seen all of the episodes see i've started watching it i'm still on season one i'm quite early in but yeah. i am watching it so do you know what yeah, too many do you know what? when like um when you watch it don't just mm. watch it as a cartoon watch it as an actual show I mean, it's really, really good. Um, it's the best way to watch things because everything takes thought to like make. Well, some yeah, exactly. more thought than others, but exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah, the um, one bit I was gonna say in that show is I'm not sure if you've seen the episode. It's where Uncle Iru gets kidnapped, and then he's on the back of like a camel thing, and it's such a small bit. But Ang basically goes into the spirit world and he flies over Iru, and Iru sees it. And it's just like a jokey scene. It's never spoke about again. But that whole one bit, that one second told you that, raw. Iroh is so powerful that he can see spirits. Because only the Avatar can really see them. Mm. And okay. it's just it's, it's just little bits like that where you're like, raw. okay. This is just the whole book. And that's why it's book one, book two, book three. Yeah. Okay. We still need to uh, continue with our series that we're watching. Yeah. At some stage, yeah, I know definitely. You've been ducking it lately. <laughs> yeah, trust. I've been working a lot, man. Lockdown comes uh, with yeah. different struggles, so have you got to work? <laughs> different responsibilities, different struggles. Now, it's stuff we all have to go through, to be honest. Yeah, literally, literally. Have you been yeah. watching any any new shows? Nothing much. I've been um re going over like the devil actually lately. I've been really enjoying that se- series. I just finished season two the other day. And I've I've seen all of them, so I'm wondering if I just want to skip a few that maybe I which shows this. If I want to watch it. A Daredevil. It's on Netflix. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I need to watch that still. You do. It's it's one of the best, probably superhero shows that I've seen, live action especially. But um, I don't know. You just see a different side to superhero because this is the first superhero that I'm watching who actually has kind of a disability, and you're just seeing how he has to balance his superhero life with his kind of real life, with his moral choices and religion. It addresses all three of these things and how these worlds clash with his morals and what his responsibilities are. And it's, it's quite an interesting drama to watch and how it kind of destroys relationships with people. And I don't know, it's just, it's really fascinating. I think a lot of people seeing it, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a different feel to the normal CW shows that people are used to, like Arrow and Flash and Supergirl. It's, it is very, very different. It's a lot more gritty, a lot more grounded. No, I'd have to give it a watch. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. movie I watched today? Well, half of it. I've never seen it before. Go on. Limitless. Oh, the one where they take the uh, drug. Yeah, and I've only and seen half them. of it. Yeah. You know that's a very good movie. I would recommend Yeah, it is a very good movie. Would you be would you be scared if like a drug like that actually existed? Some um, people might think they do. <clears throat> I wouldn't take it just because of the addiction to it. You because you would have to take it over and over again to main to maintain where you are. But yeah, I I would be scared. Because the thing is someone could show you high levels of intelligence. You would think, is this them or is this a drug? Mm. It's true. It's true. Imagine if you met a girl, yeah, and you're sitting on, sitting on a date and she was like, this is why you stepped this way. This is why you said these words 10 minutes ago. And when you said this about three days ago, this reminds me of what you said in this perfect moment right now. I remember in Egypt in 1607. Okay, there you look at them, <laughs> you raise your finger and you say, I am a head out. You yeah. leave the shop and you never come back. 
Because then you've entered into the world of chains. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine if a girl moved to you like that? You're standing somewhere and she she cuts you just like, this is the way you act this way. I understand why you... If, why, why you if she moves to me like that, I move out. <laughs> That's how that works. That's how that works. <laughs> oh, oh my days. Bro, I'll be shook. I'll be like, raw. I'm talking to Jesus, boy. <laughs> you need some form of help. Yeah, literally. Do you know what I've been watching as well? I don't know if you've seen it. It's called The Fool. The Fool? The Fool. So, the and then F-A-L-L on Netflix. <clears throat> What's that about? It's basically, so it's like a BBC show. Um, it's like a police force in Ireland, and it's based around one guy that's committing murders in Ireland. But the way he commits murders is like, he, so he has two kids and a wife, and he creeps into these girls' houses. And then he usually takes something before he kills them and he robs them, not like robs them blind, but he takes like some panties or he takes a picture of them. And then he draws them and then he writes a poem about them. But, and then he goes to their house and then... Very creepy. Yeah. And then, and then he strangles them. Um, and then he takes off his mask and then he shows a level of intimacy with them. It sort of reminded me a bit of, Han- of Hannibal's mentality where it's sort of poetic for them. Um, he would take pictures in certain positions. He would wash them because he wanted them to be clean. Um, and then he would lay with them. Then he would go back and then write a poem about them. But then it's still... individual. Yeah, yeah. And then he would still live his life the next day. But he was sort of not the perfect criminal. But the way he went around, it was difficult for the police force to get him. But I think what got him was that I haven't seen all of it so I don't know what actually got him but for example there's one girl that he killed and she was pregnant and he didn't know that she was pregnant and then he sent a poem to the dad in the police force and said look basically basically saying that it wasn't personal with your daughter it was more or less business but with but with the baby I'm sorry about that <laughs> At least he had to do something yeah. to <laughs> Everything else he done was totally wrong. Yeah, literally, he was just like, yeah, everything else I couldn't give two fucks for the baby. Yeah, you know what? That's that. That That's one there bad. was. Yeah, that That's one there was. Bad. Yeah, that was a bit too far, fam. You know, that was a bit mm. too far. Even for me, a bit too far. Yeah, even for me. <laughs> I guess. Fair enough. To finish up, and then I guess one series that I just finished watching was season one of Blood of Zeus. Mm-hmm. It's a it's an animation show, well, animated show on Netflix, and it's basically about um, Zeus having a child with a human, and um, you see how this kid is kind of brought up, and you see the troubles it has to go through, and when it's attacked by these demon people, I guess the reasons why they are the way they are, you'll find that in the show, so I won't spoil it, but you kind of see his conflict with them. And then the kind of issues he has with his father and why things are the way they are. And I feel like it's, at its root, it's quite an interesting story. Um, I've heard other people kind of review it who's seen it all. Some people who are quite knowledgeable, like the Roman pantheons and mm. so on and so forth. And not all of them liked it. Some people thought the animation style could have been a lot better. Some people felt like the story was weak. But I feel like if you have quite a minimal or minimalistic like knowledge about these gods or people and their natures. It's quite an interesting show to kind of introduce you to some of these beings. You have Zeus, you have uh, Poseidon, I think, or was it Neptune? Once the Greek word, once the Roman word. But you have, and like Hermes, you have all these gods that are introduced. And I feel like, I don't know, for me, it was quite interesting. Yeah, but, no, it sounds very interesting. I, w- I would recommend it. It's only eight episodes long. Each episode's like... And that's on Netflix. Half an hour. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Mm. Yeah, you you could get one. through the whole thing in one day, so... Oh, mad. How long are the episodes? Uh, around half an hour. Maybe okay. a bit less. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah. What's your... Um, what's your view on the lockdown right now? Like, just in regards to... Um, yeah, like, do you think it will actually end... And the government says it's going to end. Well, I think the other day the government said that there was a vaccine that was 90%. Oh, my days. Yeah. What's what's your view on this, fam? What's your view on this? It's funny because 
a relative of mine art scene the other day if I'll take it. And I said, in nature, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. You know, nope. I do understand the science behind it. However, the vaccine is coming out pretty quickly compared to other vaccines. Mm-hmm. So I'll be a bit reluctant to take it, you know. I want to see if people's limbs are dropping off before I inject <laughs> and stuff into myself. But Bro, I've seen with- so many people just say, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I guess with the whole lockdown thing to answer your original question, I think a lot of people are getting tired. I myself, I'm getting kind of tired, but I understand why. We all know a lot of people that's lost people and so on and yeah, so forth. Yeah, definitely. But I guess what people want most, more, more out of anything is consistency. Consistency. It's, it's the thing of why can certain, where can we do certain things and we can't do others where? one thing clearly looks more dangerous than the other. It's like, here's something that I don't understand. If we're in a full lockdown and it's like, okay, nobody go to anyone's house, isolate, then that's fine. I I can get on board with that. But it's like, let's say we both had children, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me what the difference between this is. You can't come to my house and stay in my house for like 10 minutes, right? Otherwise, you know, it's dangerous. But your kid and my kid can be in the same classroom for about five and a half hours indoors. Your kid goes back to your home and my kid comes back to my home. What what's the difference? Do you know what I mean? So there's so many kids that um And I know kids don't suffer from well, kids are less likely to suffer the effects of the coronavirus. Yeah. Than older people, but I mean that they don't carry it in their system. Mm. And you know what, yeah. Um so I have two, I have one, one younger brother right now is in primary school. And there's been so many cases where like one of the kids in the class or year has it. And then the class will isolate by the year doesn't have to isolate. Or there's just so many mixed messages. We are just like, if you had kids right now, would you even send them to school? Because mm. I, I do understand that there's a reluctance to close down schools because education is good. Welfare for the children. There's some people that, they need, I guess, they need the six hours in the day to be able to work and to do other stuff. And the kids that are from poor households, yeah. you know, it's a way for them to eat. I, I guess the government's trying to balance all of that out as well. But even if we did hold education as like the second or third most important thing, the, the current message that's been put out is that health is the most important thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, they just seem to be undoing their own hard work, you know. But I don't yes, know. yes, a very, very sticky one. A very sticky very. one with, with the whole thing. Like, a lot of people have opinions and it's difficult to come to a solution on it. But, yeah, all I know is that this lockdown is very, very difficult for people in regards to mental health. People not getting their treatment when they wanted to. Um, it's just a very, very difficult time, especially if you're not working. Luckily for me, I, I'm still able to work. But if you're not working, um, let's say, and you don't have a girl, or you don't really, you're not really speaking to people like that, or even if you live by yourself, like it's not that easy mm. to just sort of be at one with yourself for those long periods of times. Do you know what I mean? It's true. But humans are in nature sociable creatures, so it is weird for us to be isolated and. There's some, I'm just hoping that over the Christmas period and the New Year's that there's some leniency allowed for people, especially older people, to be able to see their children, their other family members. Yeah, 100%. Whether you celebrate Christmas or not, it's the one time of year where I would say 90% of people have that day off. Actually, I might be wrong, but it's as a national holiday, I would assume that most jobs allow you to have christmas day off specifically but yeah it's just one time a year where people get to be together so it'd be quite sad if people are not together on that day yeah it's only really police and nurses and stuff like that yeah, like key off. key workers and stuff. yeah yeah but, all right well dre thank you for joining us on this week's podcast and thank you I for guess, having me well, no, nah, what, you, what, you, what do you mean thank you for joining this is... us? This is our <laughs> podcast, bro. You're acting like I'm some stranger fan. I mean... <laughs> thank you for coming to our to podcast. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, you know what? 
the last two minutes, a lot of people like wonder how this kind of podcast like started. Um, I guess should we, should we save that for a whole show? A whole, the start of no, the podcast. Yeah, that is a whole nother conversation for another day. They've got enough for today. They've got enough for okay. us today. I will leave it there. Well, leave it there. Thank, thank you for listening, and we'll be with you next week. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you for listening. Um, whoever's listening, take care of your mental health in these times. Stay strong. Best of wishes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. All right, goodbye. You'll never walk alone. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you had to throw it in there. All right, I'm we're sorry. done.